Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Hello? Hello? Are, are you over there? I'm here. I thought you were going to say something. You opened your mouth and then nothing came well, out. I'm an old man. You, you know, your mouth gapes open at the oddest times. <laughs> yeah, don't read the things on the air that say, play this commercial now. Don't do no, that. No, no, end of message. Right, end of <laughs> message. All right. Welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mr. Joe's across from me, mayor of Shemokin Dam. That puts him in charge of the police department there. And uh, he's been involved in municipal leadership for the better part of 50 years and is just a great conservative co-host, natural-born listener, and is um, best known at the dinner table when the, the two grand boys look across the table and say, Papa. There you go. That's your favorite ah, uh, word is. to hear. <laughs> Love being Papa. Good for you. Well, that's good. That says a lot. And let's see, political career. How many years in any sort of an elected or municipal office? Let's see, four in Chambersburg and 30 or 40 here. Let's see, 13 as mayor, 25 as a councilman. Okay. So 25, 35, 38, 38, and four more to come. Right, and you just ran again successfully and vanquished all comers, I might add. (laughs) Well, there weren't too many comers to vanquish. (laughs) Anyway, but I'll tell you what. And uh, so for more years, so you'll be in the 40 years of public service by the time. No, I'm already past 40 years. Oh, okay. And do you think you'll run again? No, Have you no ever given I, I don't think so. Probably will. Okay. Or <laughs> no, probably, probably will step not. down. No, I actually started uh, serving the borough of Shemokin Dam my second month in town. Okay. I was appointed to the planning commission. I've been actively involved in the borough government ever since. Well, good for you. I probably qualify for one of those state awards, but I've never been put up for it by our... <laughs> I think our, our administration is so tired of me, they don't put me up for stuff like that. Well, they put you in charge of volcanoes in Pennsylvania. That That's has true. To, has to give you some indication that uh, they don't want to hear from you too often. No, I mean a volcano. I, I don't get much business on the volcano end. No, I guess not. But in any event, no, we do appreciate it. I, I just think it's great that you do that. We need more people to step up for the planning commissions and tree commissions and uh, recreation Oh, yeah, zoning. Well, you know, and zoning hearing board is a tough job. You really got to know your stuff. You can't just go in there and say, well, I don't like chicken farms, so you can't have that. You know, you really got to. Well, you can, but you'll probably get sued. <laughs> oh, yeah, or you just get overturned at the next level. And next your level, dis- right. Yeah, your decision won't stick. So uh, you want to look at the municipality. and Well, in any event, so we encourage folks to consider serving on some of uh, these yes, indeed. commissions. As soon as I retire from this business, I'm, I'm joining the Nori Borough team in one way or another. I don't really have time to do it well now. All right, well, you, one, you could run for office. I'll be your campaign manager. I really work a lot. I'll fix, take good care of you. I work a lot. I'll run for <laughs> when mayor. When you were, no, not Dan's doing a great job over in Norrie. I don't think you need okay. a new mayor. Well, and one of the good councilmen retires. is leaving in Northumberland. There's going to be a vacancy on council, so, so they'll be filling throw in. your name in. No, 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 no. Please, honey, if you're listening, <laughs> he's just joking. <laughs> oh, look at Kevin. He's the president of the Danville Borough Council. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, right. Well, he does that. a super job. Well, and uh, well, never mind. We won't get too far into it. He's really thrown his heart and soul into it. He really works hard to, he to do well there. He does. So good for and him. everything he tries. Well, that is true. Nobody ever said, "Boy, Kevin, you quit halfway." <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right. He is doggedly determined. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Our open phone. We can talk about volunteers in municipal government or those who receive a slight uh, stipend. Uh, Joe is not one of those individuals, I might add, but uh, lots of folks do collect a thousand bucks a year or something in that range from councils and so on around here. But not school boards. Now, there's a thankless job. Nope. There is a real thankless no, job. No stipend, and you really got to know your stuff. Uh, special, special, special thanks. Joe, here, I'm going to hand you this. What is it? Take it, please, and look at it and read what's in there. These have to be Cindy's cookies. Yes. (laughs) Oh, cookies is the understatement of the century. So thank you, Cindy, for the cookies sent up to the whole staff here. I commandeer them for a moment to show Joe, because Joe doesn't go in our lunchroom generally. So now he's looking. He's looking. (laughs) Somebody took one of these. They must be very good. Well, and the nut rolls, I've had about four of them today. doesn't say what this is. Oh, well, great. Then you give me what's left, right? (laughs) Well, I think they have been picked out a little bit. Yeah, the salespeople are already uh, grazed through there. All right. So thank you, Cindy, for those. Uh, We also got a a Christmas card from someone else, so we thank you for that, an anonymous person, but uh, we appreciate that. Uh, Let's see. What do we want to say? Oh, yeah, where were we? On the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out, sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line is is going to occupy Joe for about an hour now. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-7... Just ignore me over here. I'm having a reindeer hoof. <laughs> <laughs> a reindeer hoof. How is it? Oh, very good. Are they, they cinnamon th- They look A little good. bit. Okay. Our toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we are literally enjoying open phones today. We've had some conversations about local municipalities and uh, service to communities so far today, but you can call us on any topic you so desire. Someone said we should talk about something locally. What's your opinion of feral cats? Feral cats? Yeah. Um, I really don't love them as much as other people do. I live in a in our garden. The cats jump the fence. If you haven't seen anything that's interesting, one section of our fence is six feet tall. It's right back by the garage, and they jump right up to the top of that like it is nothing. They jump up to the top and then into the yard, and of course they like the I guess baby squirrels or whatever they can find in the yard, and of course they dig holes and you know what they do in the holes. But anyway, uh, so I'm I'm not a big fan of feral cats, but my neighbor loves them, feeds them, takes good care of them, gets them fixed if she can capture them, and make sure they get medical attention if they need it. And so tries what does your borough do? do you, does your borough support uh, spay, neuter, oh and trap spay and neuter? I would say they probably do, but I, honestly, I don't know. It, it really just pops up as a big issue occasionally, and I'm not sure what the, the borough does about it. I, I wouldn't say that I've seen the action, but they do a hundred things every day that I don't know about, so I don't, I'm not sure. Well, of course, I, there was that big story out in New Berlin where the police had to be summoned to keep the meeting under control. You finish your cookie while, <laughs> while I open the show here. Okay, feral cats is on Joe's mind a little bit here today, and that is a big issue in towns, and, and I don't know if it's exacerbated or just uh, becomes an exclamation point when uh, folks do take good care of them, feed them, and so on, and, and leave food outdoors for them. I know one neighbor in Sealands Grove uh, has two cats that kind of belong to another family, but they're outdoors most of the 
time, so she feeds them sometimes, and one of them doesn't go back to the house, so she put a heated warm box home outdoor cat hut outside for it. So uh, the cat stays in there some of the time. All right, our toll-free line open, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at <laughs> Joe. Yes. You're not a salesperson anymore. You cannot eat every cookie. Are you I only s- ate one. At a time. One period. 1-800-795-9565. It would be rude not to sample the wonderful cookies that you sent out. Okay. It's also rude to talk with your mouth full, it but is. that doesn't seem to stop you. Uh, well, e- e- I'm done now. <laughs> email us at onthemarket.wkok.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, anyway, about cats. Let's go back to that for a second. Okay. Now, the Burr Shemokin Dam, we've had this issue of feral cats for some time. Okay. There is a big debate about whether or not you should feed them. You know, that, that our residents uh, at one point really complained about feral cats being a problem in several sections of the borough. And these and, are cats that are outdoor cats. Nobody right. Well, some people feed them. them. And that's been a problem because they are attracted to neighborhoods where one well-meaning person wants to feed the cat and other people are concerned about the destruction they cause to their property or the inconvenience and... Destruction would be digging up of small Digging shrubbery, causing problems with shrubbery and, of course, defecation and urination uh, on various parts of their property that Marking the territories. Right, that are not exactly pleasant to deal with if if you don't own the cat. You know, our feeling was that if you feed the cat, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. part of what the new Berlin ordinance says, too. But we did something else. For those people who are object to feral cats, we went with PA Pets in their uh, trap, neuter, and release program. Now, the Burr Shemokin Dam pays to have the animal tra- uh, neutered and, you know, uh, I think they clip their ear, they give them a rabies shot, they neuter them. And Clip their uh, ear? Yeah, so that they know that they've been done before, so oh, they don't get trapped go. twice. They Who just knew? put a take a little part of their ear off. And the borough provides the traps. We don't trap them, but the resident has to agree to trap the animal, take it to the vet that we have an agreement with to do this work, then pick it up and bring it back and turn it loose back where it was. Mm-hmm. And the theory is, and... and um, and I guess it's true that the cats who have been neutered uh, tend to drive away the cats who are not neutered. Hmm. And so that eventually the problem solves itself because all you have is a bunch of cats who are no longer rabid or no longer a threat for rabies. Uh, they have been neutered, and they are, in theory, less aggressive and more docile. I don't know. Oh, that's true, yeah, especially for the boy cats. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, they kind of has up, that kind of tendency to do give that up to the you. ghost, you know, after that. But you know, there are other people who say, "Look, these don't feed these things. You know, you you take away their food, and they're going to move on." Other people believe you're starving them to death and you're being cruel and vicious to, oh, not to feed them. No, I, I don't think they do move on. I think they just become more resourceful and resort to birds and mice and things that they can find. Um, well, mice wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, well, but, you know, that's part of the... Bad for the mice. Part of the outdoor area, part of the outdoor stick in a community, even the mice. I'm but sure it's funny the, because... Sure th- the mice disagree. This is a real serious issue in a lot of communities because these cats tend to take over parts of the area and they become... They I know we have, we have an ordinance, uh, our quality of life ordinance, that prohibits people from actually putting food out in trays and containers for them. Okay. Because we had some people, including businesses that were actively feeding cats leftovers. Right. 
But some of the more resourceful people just took to throwing food out on the ground. Okay. And if the cats find it, they find it. Good for them. Uh, I don't know what the long-term effects of throwing food out would be if the cats don't happen to get it. Uh, I would, yeah, I would speculate that cats are pretty resourceful. If they still have all their claws and their... Uh, uh, Agile, they can catch outdoor animals, you know, like mice and so on, and squirrels. We used to have a ton of squirrels in our backyard, and now we have fewer, but we have more cats in the neighborhoods, and there could so the easily well, right? could <laughs> easily be a connection. I don't know for sure, but uh, I, there certainly is a coincidence there. I know that there was a group called Alley Cat Allies, and they were very un- unhappy with me at one point because I well, I, I can really, see that. Well, you know, the the fact is that the cats cause damage to people's property. And, you know, if you're a homeowner and you have an investment in your home and you don't choose to have a cat that someone else is feeding, defecating on your property or making a nuisance of itself, I'd say that was your right. As okay. one of my friends once said, if the cats, when the cats start voting and paying taxes, I'll worry about how they feel. All right, one eight hundred. I didn't say that. One of my friends did. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll bet. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone so number. We talk about the bad language kids are using today and why churches are declining okay. in population. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com. Text us at seven zero two three six. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, feral cats has been brought up earlier this week and again today. And, and we have uh, two callers. We have Mike on the line. Mike. Thank you. Go right ahead. Yeah, good morning. Uh, just uh, before your show came on, you uh, your news reported that a new $5 billion, I guess, electric vehicle plant is going to be built just north of Atlanta, Georgia. What? And I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's going to uh, uh, ultimately employ up to 10,000 uh, people at that facility. And I just thought to myself, I said, you know, Georgia wasn't good enough for the All-Star game. They didn't want that there. But by gosh, they'll take a uh, they'll take a plant that's going to employ ten thousand people and bring plenty of uh, tax and money and everything else into that state. So good for Georgia. Well, and maybe the mindset of the company. I, I, I heard that sentence also that you're repeating about the company going there. Maybe they like the fact that Georgia stood up for what they believed in, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, we might agree or disagree or whatever that might be. But maybe they like the assertiveness. You know, it's sort of sort of like Donald Trump's appeal was that uh, he was a man of action, an outspoken man of action. And that was uh, very appealing to a lot of people. I think what they agreed with, and, and you know, it's almost never that we're on the same page here, Mark, but I think they agreed with the uh, tax incentives that the government down there gave them. I think they agreed with the, the weather, the transportation, and the uh, availability of uh, workers that are going to show up. And I, I think that's why they made the decision, because they had a lot of other places to pick from, uh, generally in the South, and they chose Atlanta. And uh, you know, it's actually an interesting thing that came across the radar this morning. And then the other thing that came popped up that I wanted to share with your listeners. Okay, everybody knows what a hassle it is to uh, get on an airplane and fly on a you know a commercial airliner. You got to have all the identification and all this stuff. And they're moving towards uh, uh, an even uh, more secure uh, form of identification that we're going to need to have. But it turns out that if you're an illegal alien. You don't need any of that stuff to fly on commercial planes. All you need is once you cross illegal into, illegally into the country and the government gives you a notice to appear somewhere down the line, which you know a lot of the times never happens when these people come into the country, you can use that now as your form of identification 
to fly on commercial airlines. That's what's being reported right now. And again, it comes from a site that everybody likes to poo-poo, but generally it's usually you know a week or so ahead of the curve with uh, nor- uh, stories like this. You know, the government has to get out in front of this uh, thing before the mainstream media will talk about it. So, who is that? I, the I just gateway pundit. No, it's uh, called Zero Hedge. Okay. It's a it's a website that I go to, and it likes to get poo pooed because it comes from a foreign country or anything like that. But most of the articles that I read are actually written by people here in the United States that get reposted on Zero Hedge. So I, I kind of downplay. The, the, the deflection that's coming on that. But again, I, I, I just have to ask myself, why are illegal aliens allowed to fly on commercial planes without proper identification that none of us right now talking could do that? I, I don't get it. And I, I'm going to c- conclude with this. This is what I see is happening. We have people from at least 100 countries coming in uh, mainly the South America, sometimes Central America, and they're crossing into Mexico, and we see pictures of them walking up to our border. But the reality is that's not happening. They're getting bus transportation across one country to the next until they show up at our border. They cross, and there's a rudiment. Sometimes they cross, and, and border people check them out a little bit. Other times they just walk across in areas or smuggle drugs, but in any case, they're, they're given transportation, then when they get in the United States, they're, they're housed for a while, they're not uh, vaccinated or anything like that, for the most part, and then they're transported on buses and planes to areas all over this country, and I'm sure it's even happening here in our area and in your valley down there, but it's not in the news. So why isn't it being talked about? Why aren't the people being told what is actually happening to the millions of people that are coming across the border? That's the question I have. I mean, I, I, I'm interested in cats. I'm a cat lover. I had uh, Siamese cats my whole life. But, gee, when, when we have our government doing things that aren't, you know, maybe on the up and up, and it's not in the news, and you have to dig into some obscure website to find out about it, and then get a chance to at least talk about it on local talk radio. You know, I think that's a good thing, but in the big picture, I'm not really satisfied with our media. So that's my conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, and I think you really point to a couple of things. One is, you know, maybe the media is uh, easing up on the immigration coverage. It certainly was covered a lot and, and maybe bias. And, you know, every, every reporter has a bias that they bring to it one way or another. But the fact of the matter is, let's get back to the real issue. You know, we have a significant and persistent border issue in the U.S. All of our borders, the U.S. southern border with Mexico is one of the trouble spots, but so are our coasts and our border with Canada, completely porous as they have been for centuries with no, you know, relatively few checks to stop people along the way. So, and for whatever reason, uh, not a single one of any of our government leaders in the Congress or Senate have decided that this is worth addressing and fixing once and for all. The Biden administration in, in this day and age has made it significantly and exponentially worse because of not only disease, but 
because of policies that allow individuals to stay longer illegally and do no-shows. So, and you know, are beloved vice president who was given responsibility the, for rooting out the root causes. Right, she hasn't She's fixed done it. a wonderful so, job. But, you know, honestly, I think, you know, this is a uh, flare-up in what is a century. Uh, just, I, I really just, think, and the more, the more you learn about this, the more you realize that it has been a plague on the U.S. that has been ignored for literally centuries. So, But let's face it, the northern border, while it may be, in fact, as porous, has traditionally not been the problem. The problem has been the southern border, where a large influx of people, I mean, there's no particular reason why Canadians are, would want to flee their country that I'm aware of. I can understand that there are root causes in South America that, make, that motivate people to come to this country for a better life. And to the extent that they do it legally, I've got no problem with that. But when they do it illegally, we have an obligation to enforce our laws. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, so, therefore, let's let's not do anything about it. Let's do nothing to initiate well, that's it. That's the Biden administration's policy. Oh, is it? Okay, so President Trump did seal up the northern border? No, he sealed up oh. the southern border. Well, President Bush sealed up the northern border. Well, the, but the northern border isn't the problem. You can say, yes, it's open, but okay. we're not getting the influx there. If we had as many people streaming no across the northern there. border as the southern border, right. I think the argument would be just as compelling to shut it well, down. Then maybe a moment ago I should have said, well, obviously the Biden administration has had a huge flare-up of this. Oh, wait, I just did say what you're saying, but agreeing with you. There but is the a fact political is we've motivation had here. Immigration, sec- homeland security issue for century, and there's not a single person in Washington that hasn't had their brain removed that wants to fix this. All right, well, if you had to deal with this problem and you had two choices, and uh, maybe you'll give me a different answer, Mike. You've got the northern border and the southern border. You can fix one of them. Which one are you going to fix first? <laughs> Do you have a Which one? Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to go roundabout on this for my answer. Do you remember when uh, Bill Clinton came out with the uh, uh, the meme on abortion, safe, rare, and legal? Okay. I think immigration should be safe, controlled, beneficial, and legal. In other words, what is going to benefit this country the most? So we want to look at which border would benefit us the most by securing it. And I don't have the answer to that. But the bottom line is I want to see this a controlled and legal immigration that benefits this country, not an invasion. Fair enough. Fair right, enough. We got you. Thank, Thank you, you very so much, much Mike. Mike. Thanks for calling yeah. in. All right, immigration, a perennial topic on this uh, particular show. So uh, we have time for a speedy dialer on that topic, but it is open phones. We talked about feral cats, uh, immigration, and border security is what I'm trying to redirect this towards. But obviously, Joe Biden has got a huge flare-up. Well, And this is one reason why this administration is going to be one term. You know, I, I, th- I think people can enjoy the booming economy and the stock market all they want, but they see inflation going up, that hurts them. They see the border is open, and that hurts everybody. Well, it's a bust, all right. It's made in a big boom. Look at the number of jobs that were forecast to be over half a million new jobs created. There were only 210,000. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. That's funny. (laughs) That's a funny joke. Yeah, we only went 85 miles an hour down the highway instead of 86 miles an hour. Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good illustration, Joe. Thank you. Well, you're ignoring the hard facts there. That's right. Okay, the economy is crashing, but in any event, this will still be a one-term administration. Are you happy now? Thank you. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Call us immediately. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. 
That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I think this is Hall & Oates, right? I believe so. All right. Super-duper bumper music from Mr. Rub Center, our fabulous producer. I want to tell you about our fabulous sponsor, the Sunbury Motor Company, and one particular vehicle. So we're still talking about the Mustang Mach-E. I mentioned the price. I said it was 50 ish The particular one that I drove was $56,440, but, of course, they're willing to discount that and give you top dollar for your trade. When I traded in my previous Ford Ranger, I got $25,000 for it, so I was really ecstatic about that. But my deal was totally indicative of how everybody gets treated there, which is fabulously well, whether you're trading in for another big F-150, as I did, or you're driving around one of their F-150s to show it off, as I am at the moment. This uh, metallic blue color is perfect. Or you do as I did, and that's drive a Mustang Mach-E. That's the electric vehicle, all-wheel drive. It is an SUV. It is not the speedy Mustang that's super low to the ground. It's got about an 8-inch clearance, uh, five pounds passenger, tons of trunk room in the front and in the back because, of course, there's no motor uh, in it. The electric motors are underneath and the batteries. You kind of sit on them. And I'll tell you what, one... You sit on the motor? No, the electric batteries are underneath. They're part of the chassis and uh, has a single-speed transmission, so there's no shifting. You don't get that. You know, you touch the gas, and it starts to smoothly move forward. If you want to make a little bit of noise as you drive, they can give it some exhaust sounds so that you can uh, warn people you're coming. Lots of people used to cross the street by just listening for vehicle sounds, but that's going by the wayside because you've got a lot of electric vehicles out there that don't make much noise. And this Mustang Mach-E is the quintessential essential one. Uh, the one that I drove was what they call infinite blue, which is, uh, I guess they put it on, it's four different colors and four different layers, and, you, and when the sun hits it, it's just crazy. It's got this uh, uh, sort of that three-dimensional tint, I'll call it. I don't know what, they probably have a better word for it, but uh, just a super vehicle. Got to drive it to Mustang Mach-E, 50-some thousand dollars, top dollar for your trade. I'm going to say it gets a million miles to the gallon because it doesn't use any gallons at all. Uh, so do as I did. Uh, go to Sunbury Motor com enjoy one of these brand new Mustang monkeys from the Sunbury Motor Company and that's the place to get it they got they know super service there and they would just love to take fantastic care of you in every way News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Everything okay? You got a call on the air? Uh, yes, I will return that call afterwards. All right, super <laughs> duper. All right, on the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We started out uh, talking about, uh, let's see, public service and Joe's uh, half a century Are you going to run down community? everything we talked about? How boring. It was going to, but... Uh, <laughs> Why don't we skip that and you give the news headlines and let people just say it's an open phones day. Give us a call on any topic. What else should I say? Well, if I had done this Brought perfectly. to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. That's always good. Mm-hmm. Border security. We talked about that a little bit. <laughs> you can't stop him. He's like the sorcerer's apprentice. <laughs> oh, I never heard that phrase. What's that a reference to? You never heard that old story? This Disney cartoon, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, just kept bringing water. It was a broom carrying water. It was a cartoon. It just kept carrying and carrying the water. It wouldn't stop. That's from the 30s, Joe. I believe it is. I think it was actually Your in childhood. Scheherazade or something. <laughs> All right. On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Do please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Call us on the topic of your selection. Do not call about anything we've already talked about. Joe doesn't want to hear it. Our toll-free line is open, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarket.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword uh, OTM. We'd love to hear from you. Yesterday, we talked about historical plates and plaques in Pennsylvania, and uh, we got an email related to that, so we'll read that shortly. All right, first of all, some news headlines. No injury for the local police officer who was driving a police cruiser that overturned in a crash this week. Happened in Mifflinburg. Two separate investigations underway as a result. One, an internal investigation in Mifflinburg. The other, a state police investigation. Troopers say officer 19-year-old Riley Bremigen of Mifflinburg was pursuing a motorist clock going 89 in a 40-mile-per-hour zone. Uh, while he gave chase, he drove off the road, hit a fence. The police cruiser rolled onto its side. The cruiser was heavily damaged. But again, the officer not hurt uh, in that uh, incident. And uh, the investigation underway there. Another valid schools going virtual for a short time due to COVID-19 cases. Sealands Grove Area School District Dr. Super, or Superintendent Dr. Frank Jankowski tells us the elementary school will be studying virtually starting tomorrow through next Wednesday. That'll give them an opportunity to tamp down the COVID cases before they return after the holidays. A hearing at the State House Health Committee is considering treatment options like ivermectin. Apparently in Pennsylvania you're not supposed to prescribe them so they can be used off-label, meaning using them for something that you know works, even though that's not what the label says it is for. Our correspondent, Tori Gates, is following that hearing. The committee took testimony on House Bill 1741, which would allow prescribing and dispensing of drugs approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for off-label use to treat coronavirus. Physician General Dr. Denise Johnson warned lawmakers to avoid a rush to specific treatments. We need to decide whether or not the actual treatment causes an improvement or an impact on COVID. And that's why it takes rigorous study to determine whether or not there's benefit. We also need to look at the risks and the side effects of the medications or the treatments to make sure that the benefit of this treatment is outweighed uh, by the risk that it might cause. Dr. Johnson adds any medication must be studied to ensure cause and effect. 
Tori Gates, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Over 200 new deaths related to COVID-19 in one day have been reported statewide, including 11 in the Valley. In its Wednesday update, State Department of Health reported 259 new COVID-19 deaths were reported since Tuesday for a total of 35,000 or so since the start of the pandemic. Six deaths in Northumberland County in 24 hours are reported among those new COVID numbers. Uh, AP is reporting Pennsylvania's has asked the federal government to send health care workers to hospitals and nursing homes that are increasingly under stress from the surge. The Wolf administration requested the FEMA strike teams for hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, and ambulance companies in the hardest-hit areas in the middle portion of the state. Pennsylvania has asked FEMA for one million rapid at-home coronavirus cases. Pennsylvania is averaging more than 8,500 new confirmed infections per day. The number of COVID-19 patients requiring hospital care has increased by two-thirds since last month, averaging more than 4,300 per day in the hospital. Deaths have also increased nearly 50% in the past two weeks to about 90 daily. Steve Tack, Chief Executive Officer at Quality Life Services in Western Pennsylvania, says they have a severe and exacerbated staffing shortage now as a result of the latest surge. Did you see that your friend Jim Jordan sent a text message to then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows that argued that if Vice President Mike Pence so chose, he could call out electoral votes that he believed were unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all. Uh, the text message reads, Jordan initially said it was from his office, but then he said later it was not. No, I'm surprised you didn't use the Scott Perry story about him being rebuked yesterday. I didn't see that. Is that in Penn Live now? Penn Live, yes. Okay. Written What's by that? Paul Vigna. Scott Perry, of course, the Pennsylvania congressman. From down the road in Dillsburg. Congressman Scott Perry was rebuked Tuesday night during an effort by the U.S. House to pass a bill to curtail anti-Muslim bigotry when he accused his co- its co-sponsor, Representative Ilan Omar of Minnesota, of hiding terrorist sympathies and anti-Semitism. Perry criticized the measure, which would create a new special envoy position in the State Department to combat Islamophobia and Islamophobic incitement, the New York Times reported. He said American taxpayers shouldn't be forced to pay terrorist organizations, organizations that the maker of this bill is affiliated with, like the one that's an unindicted co-conspirator in the largest terror finance case in the United States of America's history, Perry said. The Times called it the criticism, quote, a convoluted reference to a case more than a decade ago against the Holy Land Foundation, an Islamic charity that in 2008 was convicted of funding Islamic militant groups. Perry also brought up past statements by Omar that he said were anti-Semitic and supportive of terrorism. Perry from Dillsburg and the incoming head of the ultra-conservative House Freedom Caucus was barred from speaking again Tuesday night. Representative Debbie Dingell, a Michigan Democrat and an ally of Omar, moved quickly to strike Perry's words from the official record of debate, according to the Times. <laughs> so we're going to cancel him because he said something the left doesn't like. What is wrong with your party? I mean, they, they accept so much, but they have a hissy fit about other things. You know, anything that... Well, do you believe that, we need an, a, a special, what is it, a special envoy position well, in the State I, Department? I, <laughs> that is another topic. That's not really what this discussion well, that's what is it, about. No, that is. 
is. That's what he was complaining about. Right. I understand that. That's why he was speaking against it. But he was really speaking against Ilhan Omar because of her anti-Semitic remarks that uh, she has made and, and may still believe. You know, there's Probably no does. Right. So there's no indication then. Uh, I don't think she's backed him down or anything that I know of, but I certainly don't follow this. But it's just funny that, you know, Scott Perry, of course, is a good Republican from just two hour immediate south, says, aha, being extremist and having terrible rhetoric and, and maybe ill will in your heart is unacceptable in the Republican Party. But, of course, Representative Margie Taylor Greene and Bobert and the rest of them get to say whatever they want without rebuke. Well, no, he, she was rebuked. I mean, it came to the floor four weeks after a video surfaced of Colorado Representative Lauren Bobert suggesting well, not, that Omar not, could have been a bomb-carrying terrorist. Yeah, not by Kevin McCarthy or, or no. the rest of the leadership, maybe by indivi- yeah, individuals. Well, there are some, believe it or don't, there's some smart Republicans in Washington that speak out against this kind of stuff, including Ilhan Omar and including, you know, maybe something that uh, Scott Perry has said over the well, years. Well, I don't like to say Penn Live is slanted, but this last uh, last sentence in Paul's story, Paul Vigna's story, says earlier in November, conservative rep Paul Gossar of Arizona was censured over a violent video he posted. He didn't post a violent video. He posted an anime cartoon where someone's head was superimposed. Uh, I guess it was Ilan Omar's head. Someone's head was posted over someone else. It wasn't like he posted a violent video with blood dripping from <laughs> <laughs> Skulls right. or anything like that. Well, that, that. might have been much ado about nothing. Who knows? But in any event, I just think, you know, it's it's kind of strange. And the Democrats are as bad as the Republicans. Once you get into Washington, they remove your brain. You get all incensed <laughs> over the slightest thing, while at the same time, people in your party, or maybe you yourself, are being as, as caustic and and uh, offensive as everybody else is. Well, if, if these Republicans are lightning rods for bad behavior, Shouldn't Representative Omar be a lightning rod for bad behavior on the Democratic side? I mean, her comments have been really unfortunate in terms of how they dealt with uh, the Jewish state and with Jewish people. I don't, you know, I, I know Republicans have called her out a couple of times. I, I don't recall Democrats doing so, but I know that she has been chastised and rebuked for other remarks and things. But I, I just think in Washington now, there, there's like two standards. There's one standard that about a third of the Republicans and Democrats say, you know, this is offensive remarks. You shouldn't do it. Scott Perry might be one of them. Say this is terrible stuff. But all the rest of them are like, well, well, you know, whatever. And and McCarthy's the worst of the worst. He won't take any action to rebuke anybody for anything. I'm reading a good book right now. It's called The Dark Horse. And it's um, part of the story. The opening parts of the book are about the the conflict between uh, James G. Blaine, who was a candidate for president of the United States, and Roscoe Conklin, uh, who was a New York congressman of uh, some some stature. But I mean, they just got into this debate on the House floor where they insulted each other and called each other out for different things. <laughs> and it's the whole focus of this book is because this is what led to, to uh, the presidential candidate being nominated. But it talked about how no one tried to stop them. No hmm. one intervened. No no cooler heads prevailed. They just, the leadership of the House at the time, uh, I think it was Schuyler, Schuyler Colfax, didn't want to get into, you know, any of this, any of these problem areas, so they just let it go. <laughs> and it festered and it grew, and it became more and more unmanageable. It seems to me that, the, you know, and, and they're couching all this stuff as if the gentleman from Maine wasn't such a scumbag in effect. <laughs> didn't say that, but I mean, that's... I get your, your point. 
elaborate politeness while con, con, you know clubbing somebody over the, the head. The gentle woman, yeah, right, would, would kindly. The gentle woman would take, take a the long bomb walk out of her hand off a short pier. But you know, it seems to me that the leadership of the house has some obligation here to set the tone. I agree. And when they when they actually are part of the problem, it's not going to get solved. I would I would think we sent these folks down there not to insult one another, but to come up with solutions to our problems. What? <laughs> come on, Joe. You and I have talked about the great compromises that have come out of Washington centuries past. It seems like you know you talked about uh, President Reagan. Just sit down. It's just a passing reference. Well, I can't. I have to stand up every <laughs> and time. And Tip O'Neill used to work together, and Bob Dole, and and um, uh, well, John McCain used to work you know with things, and and they weren't, you know, just marching in total lockstep with whatever their party said. Um, At the time, I saw that, and I thought, boy, you know, Washington's really divided. But you know what? They could sit down and get some things done at the end of the day. I think we're losing that. But now, that's a pessimistic thing to say. But what about this optimism? You know, we we did extend the debt ceiling, and there were everybody who was at the table. Now, granted, it's so that we can borrow another trillion dollars from our grandchildren. I think they set that up so that the Democrats could do that on their own, didn't they? I don't think there were Republican votes for Uh, that. Yeah, in the end, I don't think any Republicans did vote for it. But, I mean, we have to do it. We have to increase the debt ceiling, I guess, because we're not going to do anything about curbing the spending. Right. We don't want to. So shut all down we can offices. do is just keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, stop and think about that for a minute. That's a joke. The debt limit having to be voted on all the time. There's no concerted effort. The idea behind having a debt limit was to curtail the debt. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, and again, that's a Republican-Democratic thing. They all just seem to borrow, borrow, borrow. Lots of Republicans are voting for these well, stimulus packages. Well, it's because packages. they spend, spend, spend. If they didn't right. spend, 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 they wouldn't have to borrow, borrow, borrow. Imagine, though, how much better shape everybody would be if we didn't have the pandemic and didn't have, well, we had, even if we had the pandemic, but we didn't have all the stimulus packages out of Washington. I mean, there's $10 trillion right there in the past two years. Well, some of the stimulus money was needed. It was a rough time during the pandemic, and it helped people get over the hump. I had no problem with the first one. I don't have a real problem with the transportation or the infrastructure bill to the extent that it actually deals with infrastructure. Right. I'm still opposed to tree equity, whatever the heck that but might we've be. We've had, what, four or five stimulus packages. Right. Infrastructure aside, we've had four or five of these. All right, we got a caller who's set to go. I got to hit the brakes. So I'm going to do that, and then uh, we will uh, take that call. But we'll take more comers. We're talking about uh, trash inside the vortex of Washington D.C. and how nobody really is interested in solving any of the nation's problems. Right? That's well, what we're I talking about. I think we're about. talking about that. And Scott Perry, whether he's well, reviewed, yes, Scott. Take his words out of the record. Let's cancel him. I have to watch every day that commercial for the uh, my pillow guy <laughs> saying the cancel culture has hurt his business. Right. Well, and we have, uh, you have to listen to Dr. Oz's commercial, too, you know, where he says, we've got to reignite our divine spark. Okay. And I believe you call him a quack. <laughs> I think. Well, that's my opinion. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. 
You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Ken, thank you for waiting patiently, or maybe waiting impatiently, but waiting Whatever. nevertheless. <laughs> you're on the mark. Either way, I'm still alive, right? Right. Right. Um, well, good morning. I, I think I'm trying to send something different to the show this morning. Did anyone notice what AOC said yesterday? Yesterday, uh, I would say not. Joe usually brings clippings that are. I must have missed that. Uh, that show what a bad person she and is, but he, he didn't. Was on television whining that she owes seventeen thousand dollars in student loans because she wants hers forgiven, except her salary's one hundred seventy-four. What? <laughs> what? It's expensive to run for office, I guess. That's probably where all... Well, and plus probably expensive to live in Washington. Oh, no, I'm, I'm making fun of it because that hypocrisy. And I know you don't like that, Mark, but I do it with Joe a little bit once in a while. It's total hypocrisy. Yes, go ahead and look it up. I can send you it's on Forbes, all the other stuff. Yeah, she's whining and crying because she wants her $17,000 forgiven except she makes 174. Now, I'm not exactly sure, honestly, what the average salary is. 174 sounds kind of high. We're pretty good. How about that? I don't know. I, mean, I, I favor giving her money back because she certainly didn't get an education. Somebody took her money and didn't bother to teach her much about the economy or how things work. Oh, I agree with you on that part. But... Um, like just reporting that you owe the money. I, I'm not a big fan of secondary education because I think it's highly overpriced and not necessarily worth what you do. But that's a different story. Well, you, my point was 174 um, is correct. Yeah, according well, to I, Wikipedia. Yeah, I didn't make it up. Well, but you questioned it. You, I thought you were questioning it. You, you said it sounded well, high. I was questioning myself, but, yeah. Anyway, the whole point was, all right, she wants her 17K back. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, no problem. I don't... I'm a little different with the higher education thing. But it's just so funny because, wow, you're getting 174 and now you can't pay seventeen. <laughs> well, oh no, I'm, uh, maybe I'm doing my math wrong. She probably has much. tremendous living expenses. She has to maintain her apartment in New York City and find some place to live in uh, in Washington D.C. You are such a wonderful person, but you know that she's not paying for any of that. Probably not. Although they yeah. do have to pay for their own housing, so I mean, I don't know they don't get any housing well, allowance. That's only what they have to write down. Do you actually think they pay for it? Well, I don't know. 
I know that some of them, uh, I remember Congressman Keller telling me he has a sister, a relative down there, and he stays with her, uh, her family during the week. You know, so uh, they have to make some of them sleep in their office. There have been stories of a lot of them sleeping in their offices. I know I've read all of well, Tom Marino used to sleep in his office. They couldn't, they couldn't afford housing. Yeah. But that's not her. Well, Congressman Keller stayed with a relative. Yes, yeah, it may said. have compensated them, but uh, didn't, right. didn't have to get a new apartment for it. And they well, used. I'm not, I'm not grudging people for earning money. I'm just saying, really, you're <laughs> going to whine over 17k, and you're getting 174. Maybe she's advocating for all people to have some loans forgiven and not just herself. Oh, I think that's where she's going. But then she benefits from that. That that's kind right. of a conflict of Maybe interest. Maybe she should isn't carve it? herself out. Like when they when they vote for pay raises, they should say, okay, but if I'm currently in office, I won't enjoy whatever pay raise they're handing out. Well, that would be nice. Like county commissioners can't raise their own salaries; they raise the future elected board salaries. Right, but if they get reelected, they've raised their own. Salary. Well, yeah, but th- then it's up to the voters to decide whether they deserve that raise or True. not. All right, thank you so much, Ken. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate your call, Ken. Thank you. Yep, we'll take more comers. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Joe mentioned that the the, the historical and uh, historical and museum blank, commission. museum commission. Thank you, Pencil- uh, Pennsylvania. Right, the signs that you see all over the state. One of them used to point out that uh, the Confederate high water mark was at or near um, McConnellsburg. McConnellsburg, but it didn't adequately, in the mind of the state, didn't adequately refer to the Southerners as enemies. It used to refer to them as... It referred to a skirmish that took place there. It didn't really say. It said about Confederate troops who died. It didn't call them the enemy. It called them Confederate troops. And now the sign says... Enemy troops. Okay. And to that end, one of our listeners sends us a note. He says, the changes are irrelevant other than if the Southern troops were portrayed as peace-loving freedom fighters. (laughs) Yeah, they were not. (laughs) Let's figure what the plaque would say if the Confederacy won. The Army of Northern Aggression (laughs) fought with the mostly peaceful Southern forces of freedom. There you go. (laughs) That sounds like something the Chinese communists would come up with. <laughs> Fortunately, that didn't happen. So, all right. And then uh, this is another um, f- uh, email. Buttigieg and his mate are also whining about student loans. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Do they have student loans? I don't know. They're in their, what, 40s? Well, I mean, this is part of the Biden administration shtick on Build Back Better is some student loan forgiveness is, is built in there. But, uh, yeah, I think the whole administration and, well, probably all the Democrats are talking about this. Except Joe Manchin. I don't, you know, it, the concept bothers me. of Student loan forgiveness? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, down the road, you want to make college free for people, you want to include, you know, just like right, right now, 12 years of education is free, but, you know, stop and think about it, not really free. It's supported by tax dollars. And I guess if you made college free, it too would be supported by tax dollars. <laughs> but, you know, let's face it, if you made the loan, if you borrowed it, and then suddenly someone says, you don't have to pay it back. That's unfair mm-hmm. to all the people who struggled over the years to pay back their Oh, their myself loans. included. When I first started in radio, I was working in Bloomsburg, and uh, there was a little money for rent, a little money for, to, for gasoline, and a tiny bit of money for the student loan. You know, yeah, it was no, hard, no. To, hard to pay back. 
and I understand I understand that you know it can be oppressive but you know the thing that bothers me is people who take on massive student debt with no anticipation that they are the career they've chosen will earn it back for them somebody spending fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year for a degree in art history seems like a tragic waste to me well, if you and become, I don't think we should pay that pay it back if you become the senior art curator at the Met then maybe you'll be and there's one job where are the others do you have a do you have an art curator here for Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation? No, you have news people, you have broadcasters, but you don't have art here. Art One of our good listeners says the Met is a performing hall, not a museum. Okay, <laughs> so they don't need an art curator. Thank you very much. It shows how uncultured I am. All Un- right. Uncouth, actually. Well, that goes without saying. Uh, Paul, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Right. I'd like to go back to a topic from last week when you were talking about math is not racist, okay? Now, I admit that not all people have the same aptitude for math, but it's not a question of sexuality or racial. And uh, I'm a person that uh, went to a large Midwestern high school, and I did well in these subjects, and I knew a lot of other people, and some of them went on and been very successful in technical fields and, and so forth. And the key thing about it was that you need to be in class every day because the, and this is why, why some students may have problems, even if they have the aptitude, you have to be in class every day. New elements are presented and then you're given homework that you have to master the homework so that you can keep going because the information is cumulative. And if you miss elements back earlier in the uh, subject matter, you will never understand the new things because the teacher is going to take for granted that you can handle these things and you know keep moving on it it, it builds builds on so uh, that that i think is a lot of problem people have have problems because of of those two things you learn first of all you learn logic uh, to think logically by being there every day and being able to add different elements uh, along the way and then you learn discipline because you have to uh, do the homework all the time, master a particular element, and then build upon that for the uh, for the future. And that's that's where you know if students are spending all all their time on social media and all their type of thing, you know you've you've got to determine that you're going to uh, do the work and master the and master the subject matter if you have the have the aptitude for it. Um, yeah, no, but, those points did not get mentioned when you were in that discussion. But when they when they come out and say that uh, things like getting the correct answer are irrelevant, you know, <laughs> math is a science uh, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you can't you can't fudge the answers. Two and two are always going to equal four unless there's something wrong. If I put down two and two equals five, and I get a passing grade in math, there's something terribly wrong, and it has nothing to do with race. Maybe the four transition to a five. <laughs> Yeah, well, and like, let's say you're doing the mathematical calculations about uh, uh, landing a, a satellite on the moon or something. I mean, you got to, you you got everything's got to be precise so that you're, you know, figuring the rotations of the Earth and and all these other different different things so that it all works out out there and you don't end up on another planet. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's got to be it's got to be precise. Uh, a couple of other things I might mention. I'm curious if anybody in your listening audience and you men know whether Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Schiller has ever received his discharge. There was a 
court martial, of course, he pled guilty and had made a plea agreement back on October the 15th uh, of 2021. And as I understand, I've heard his father on some programs, the higher-ups up in the Pentagon and so forth that actually have to um, uh, approve of uh, the plea agreement and so forth and carry out his discharge, that none of this is, has still been done. Um, if anybody knows differently, I was just at the library and looked that up on Monday again. I found no new information about uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Schiller. This is the matter. Right. He, he had complained about the higher-ups in the uh, 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 in the Afghanistan pullout. And I can, so give, forth, you, and I can give you an uh, answer to your question. The last, yeah. uh, on October 5th of, the, of this year, Schiller was released from uh, military prison, according to an organization working with his family, but he has officially been charged with and will be tried by a court-martial. His release comes as many showed public support for the graduate of Anderson High School and the University of Cincinnati. So he will face a court-martial. No, that, that happened on October the 15th, and he pled guilty to a number of charges. There was a plea agreement. He was going to be fined so much and so on, but that plea agreement that was made with the, Okay, I got uh, it. That, 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 it, it, it. He still hasn't been discharged, so you have you hear nothing from him. He He's advised by his lawyer. He it cannot says, speak. It says, okay. it, it says it could be weeks, months, or even years before he can leave the Marines, according to the Shellers, as his contract still has three years remaining. Okay. Well, uh, there... You know, this is like holding a political prisoner. Uh, you know, uh, you know. So uh, I, I'm concerned about that. Um, uh, another thing is, uh, have you men heard that uh, Molly Hemingway of the uh, Heritage Foundation has put out a book called "Rigged: How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections"? Are you yes, aware of that? I'm familiar yep. with the book. Absolutely. I haven't read it. But yep. I'm just heard her talking about it. You, oh, you actually heard her? Okay, I've I've heard her too on a number of uh, a number of things, and I'd be a little bit cautious about talking about uh, um, what uh, Congressman Jordan uh, wrote to uh, Mark Meadows and so forth. Adam uh, Schiff is at his usual practice of uh, lying about uh, emails and things, just like he did back with the the talking about the transcript of the president talking to Ukraine, and so then President Trump actually released the transcript to prove that adding uh, Adam uh, Schiff was doctoring the transcript, and this has also happened now with Donald Jr.'s communications to the president related to January the 6th, All right. and uh, it's true as well of, of uh, Jordan's uh, 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 things with the uh, and that there may be further legal action about this. Uh, Paul, Paul, forgive me. We've got another call coming in and another one on hold, go. so yeah. we've got to go. Day, Thank man. you. Thank you. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll be right back. I thought Steve would be talking about Urban Meyer today, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think that had happened by the time they oh, okay. put Cut the, the promo the show to bed yesterday. Yeah, Molly Hemingway has a new book out called Rigged. Uh, the audio version is thirty-one dollars. I don't know how much the new or the regular version is. It's twelve hours of narration, so I will not be reading it. But it does sound interesting. I mean, she's got empirically uh, case after case after case after case where people for uh, benefiting Republicans and benefiting de- Democrats uh, change 
changed election rules, just outright did fraud, stole things, did change things, like Governor uh, Governor Wolf is in there. Well, would this be the heavy. big steal? Stop uh, the steal? Right. Well, and even she concedes that, you know, it's hard for it to add up to something that would change the outcome of the election uh, because President Biden won by, what, 8 million votes or something? Well, that was 5 million. Okay, right. But not so much to undo that. But, you know, cheating is cheating is cheating, I think, is her main point. No and, argument and there. Changing rules at the last minute just because you can and you have a pandemic, and if you, especially if you know it's going to benefit one party or another. So, uh, you know, I, I applaud her for that. Haven't read the book, though. All right. Uh, let's see. Joseph is next. Uh, there we go. Joseph, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I was listening to that man that was talking about AOC wanting to her loan forgiven. I seen that on TV when she uh, asked that it. In fact, she said, I think she said it was immoral that, uh, the, that if they wouldn't do that, you know. And I, I really don't blame her. <clears throat> but uh, here's what I would, I would say. The, the foolish people that put someone like that in office, and Omar and, and the squad, I, I just can't get over that. My question is this. Why would anyone in government even think about uh, forgiving student loans. What's the difference? Now, when I started out, I borrowed money uh, to go and like go in contracting business, okay? And uh, just say I owed that money. What, what? What's the difference? Why? Why not have it for me too? You know what I'm saying? Well, my debts are paid off, of course. But uh, if I had debt and I, I borrowed money to buy a truck and a tractor and things I need for whatever job I was doing, what makes them better than me? Because they went to college. There's nope. nothing that makes them better than you, but I think what happens is in government, we've realized that we have this huge student loan crisis where trillions of dollars is held up in the economy well, that's, by that's student loans. So, no, no, let me answer the question. You have all those trillions of dollars, so they see that as an anchor on the economy because half the 20-somethings in America are buoyed down by this, or weighed down, I guess you wouldn't be buoyed down, but weighed down by this debt. So they think if you can relieve that. But really, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to address the college issue. They're just going to rack up more loans and then seek more forgiveness. So that's why they're doing it, because of its anchor on the economy. Well, when I, when I had debt, I scrimped and, and saved and, and paid off every time I could get. And, and like, she's making, what, 170000 or whatever. And I know it's expensive living down there. Of course it is. But uh, I'm sure that she can scrimp and save to pay off seventeen grand. You know what I mean? Or, or try to. You know what I'm saying? Uh... Hey, if you owe money, you pay it off. That's the way it is. And and uh, I just, uh, it, it just really bugs me that that they're even thinking about that, you know? Right. I, I would say that there's, that there's about 30% support for it in Washington. It doesn't have wide support. Well, unfortunately, the people who are supporting it are the people in the administration who could do something about it. Well, but I, I, Joseph, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, you, what about if I have to buy a car for my job? Should somebody forgive my loan so that car I can loan work? Yeah, sure, why not? You know, and, and you could go on to anything. I mean, no matter what you need to buy to earn a living or do to earn a living, it's on you. You made the choice. Nobody forced you to right. get a $50,000 a year college degree. You know, you could have gone to trade school and learned to be a plumber and in two years be paying $50,000 to someone else. Well, and, I, and ironically, this is one of the holdups for it, why it isn't already a done deal, is because 
okay, so what about the other two-thirds of America that has loans that are related to business or wish to have a startup or wish to do something in the trades? You know, we have a big issue with not enough individuals in the trades. Well, there's no nobody's talking about start a business in a trade loan forgiveness no. in Washington. My father, my father used to be Union County Bridge Commissioner. He took all care of all the bridges in Union County. And he, he suggested that, that they would get the welfare people, reliefers, uh, put them to work, you know. Well, they, they consented to that, the other representatives in the government there in Union County. And so they come, it, it didn't work because there was no incentive, there was no teeth in it that they had to come out or not get their welfare checked. You know what I mean? They come out, some of them come out for an hour or two, or some of them wouldn't even come out, you know. But, yeah, if you don't work, uh, now the Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. There you go. And so I can see welfare for people that needed a handicapped and so forth. And there was a young gentleman, he's 20-some years old, strong as an ox. And he was over at my cabin one day, and he said, uh, I want to get a job. Why well, said, go up to Walmart. Well, he said, I can't. I said, why not? Well, he said, I'm on uh, SSI or something. I said, what do you mean? What for? Well, he said, I'm a little slow. And he wasn't too bright, but he wasn't retarded. But he could work anywhere, and he's getting $1,400 a month for nothing the government's given him. And there's so many people in that, uh, that welfare. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Joseph. Thanks for calling in. Being in fourteen hundred a month for nothing, I wouldn't say he was slow. One eight hundred seven. Who's the who was the bright one there? Joseph working like a dog, or the one that's getting freebies? One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Tom, thank you for waiting a short time. You're on the mark. Yeah, the righties are beating up on AOC again for for nothing. You know, they had a big discussion on this yesterday. And if you go on YouTube, I mean, she was not the only one that spoke. They had, a, they were discussing this on the House floor yesterday, and she revealed that she owed seventeen thousand dollars. What would have happened? What would have happened if, if 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 she would have not said that, and the people would have found out? Anyone would have found out that she owed seventeen thousand? How would that have looked? It wouldn't have looked bad if she's paying it off. It would have said a lot about but, you know, her. How would that have looked if she didn't say that? And she's trying to she's trying to get uh, this uh, student loan canceled, right? For other people, too. it would have looked fine. They are immune to rational criticism. She owed seventeen thousand. Well, they would have had a fit about that. They right. would have been they would have been going nuts. But oh, that's, she she has seventeen thousand and she wants to get rid of it. And she didn't say nothing. And she's a, but that's not the issue. That's what would have happened. Tom, but she revealed it. That's not the issue. She revealed it. And now they still make a big deal. No, out no. Of it. The issue but, is I mean, she makes you know, a if she, Tom. If she wouldn't have said it. Tom. If she wouldn't have brought it out, she would. Tom, the issue isn't that. The issue is that she makes a hundred and seventy some thousand dollars a year and is complaining about paying back seventeen thousand dollars in student loans. I agree with you. It was commendable of her to disclose it, but the issue here is whether or not she should have to pay it back given her salary. Well, <laughs> I don't know. But this this country and you and you you're a problem too because you you're all the time saying. If people want more money, they should get a good education. That's what you always say. That's true. And a good education costs a lot of money today. It does. And this and and this government is, is giving out this these student loans, and the interest is so high in these student loans that when you make your payment, 
All you're doing is paying interest. You're not even paying off any of the principal. You're not getting anywhere. You're paying money, and you're not even getting anywhere. Well, that I know people who have paid off their student loans, so that can't be entirely correct. Well, some people, some people, some people. You, you, you're, you're, you're making something like everybody can do it, and they can. Well, sure they can. If they could borrow it, they could pay it back. And if they can't pay it oh, back, Joe, they shouldn't have borrowed ridiculous. it. You're ridiculous. No, you're, you're ridiculous, <laughs> Tom. You don't borrow money you can't pay back. Would you go to the bank and say, give me a million bucks knowing you could never pay it back and expect nothing to happen to you? No. Okay, well, there's my point. All right, thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for checking well, in. It's ridiculous. I mean, this, this this country is screwed up. This country needs to be more like Austria and those other countries over there, those north countries where the taxes are high. Am I still on? Yeah, yeah. Where the taxes are high, but they pay for everything. I mean, and they have lots of vacations. I mean, these those countries over in the Austria, they know what they're doing. They have high taxes, yeah. Tom, can I? Can they, I? they know what they're doing. They don't have, they can send their people to college for nothing. Tom, I, there's about six listeners right now tapping out a text that says, Tom, if you love those countries so much, go there. Go there. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, if I, if I could go, if I could have gone over there when I was younger and everything like that, I probably would have gone over there because those countries are a lot better than this. Those countries know what they're doing. Now you are, now they you treat, do, now you have me saying it. People good. <laughs> Tom, like given your age, they, they given they your age, Tom, there was probably a guy. Make as much money as you can. Tom, given your age, Thank there's you, probably Thank a guy in charge over there named Hitler at the time. I don't think you'd want to <laughs> we go, go there. All right, we got callers waiting. Lines are busy, so uh, no more callers today, but there are two waiting, and we're going to get to them momentarily. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We've got two minutes apiece for our good caller, starting out with Bob. Good morning, sir. You're on the Mark. Two minutes. Good morning. Uh, well, I can I can explain this uh, student debt situation. You covered it right off the bat when you start the program, uh, when you identified feral cats. Uh, most, of the, most of the people that are complaining about the student loan business is... Uh, not much different than a feral cat. Uh, secondly, the, the government made the student loans so easily to obtain for these kids that don't know anything about economics at that point in their life and to patronize the professors and so forth in these colleges that they can, they can capture all the money they can at the, from these people. 
That's that's our number one thing. <clears throat> number two thing. Yesterday, uh, one of your callers was uh, talking about the Andersonville, I guess it was, and how bad the Confederates were there. Well, the Union Army had this similar uh, prison in Elmira, and they they weren't any more less atrocities there than there were in Andersonville. And uh, and by the way, his party is the one that that was supporting the Confederacy at that time. The Northern Democrats were very, very into supporting Confederacy. They were called Copperheads. Yes. Okay. Now, you talked about the the guy that ran over the girl at Charlottesville, and here's a situation that happened there that nobody brings out. Uh, The governor at the time, who just lost the re-election here, and the mayor of Charlottesville, the the few white supremacists, and they were, don't get me wrong, they were white supremacists, were having right, you their got, meeting in the park. You got 10 okay? seconds left, 10 seconds. And the, the governor and the mayor forced them people out, out of that park into the rioting crowd, okay, knowing what would happen. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Thanks. Bob. Appreciate the call. call back Stan, tomorrow. last caller, two minutes. Go. Good morning. Why, why are the Democrats so invested in uh, uh, the Chinese using Uyghur slave labor to make products that are shipped to this country? Saves they had a chance st- yesterday to stop it, and they failed. The Senate voted it down. There's Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act was in the Senate to be ra- passed, and they voted it down. Why are the Democrats that way? I don't know. I think our government is. <laughs> well, how would anything lost. our Congress do prevent the Chinese from enforcing their own labor laws? Economic they, impact. They, well, no, they won't enforce the labor laws. What they're going to do is force the ban the importation of the products made by them, and they know what the products are. Economic. A lot of Nike products are made there. They were, you know, they were lab- uh, lobbying the. Uh, vote this bill down. It passed in the House, but the Senate, for some reason, Democrats didn't push it through. Don't understand it. Hmm. Yeah, it would have economic No, they, they, they are, 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 is the Democrats the party of slavery? Again. Well, they were. Again. Condone slavery? <laughs> the proper question is, are they the they party of slavery, slavery again. again? They were the party of slavery. <laughs> well, that, that's true. That's true. I, I, you're right. I mean, I, I mean as long as we're that, on the topic. So. <laughs> and Joe's so, here. I mean, I, I mean, it just makes no sense to me, all right? They know what's going on, and, and they let it go. Stan, call in tomorrow. Don't be so busy when our show is on. We need you earlier (laughs) to stir things up. Okay. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Joe, fabulous, great four-day week. Thank you. Yep, we'll see you Monday on the uh, 20th day of December. Week before Christmas. Yes, very close to Ho-Ho Day. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.